You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Good morning. How you doing? Good? Give me thumbs up, thumb down. How you doing this morning? Good? You got thumbs up? Some of you aren't honest. You putting your thumbs up, you kind of like that? I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm on really good terms with Jesus. But there are some times I'm just not too happy with him. Somebody's in here going, oh, that's sacrilegious. No, I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. I think that's okay for us to have have feelings like that. And for me, it's it happens when things like last night happen, where I send what I feel like I've been thinking about throughout the week, send it to the tech team, here's my notes, and then you wake up in the morning and Holy Spirit goes, go somewhere else. So we're going to do something a little different this morning. Um, I'm just going to, I got a couple of passages I want to read out of, and I want to see what Holy Spirit does with it, okay? We've got the river out here, and we set it out. For those of you who don't know what this is, it's just a piece of cloth. There's nothing holy about it at all. Um, but it is significant. It's just a symbol of something, and we may at the end use this. Um, and we call it the river because it's something that will always be near and dear to my heart. It was part of my transformation back in 99. Something happened with a thing called the river. Again, it's just a piece of cloth. But what we do is we take it, and we have people on either side of it hold it up, and people go underneath it. And it's just a symbol. You want to get into what God is doing. You want to jump in the river of what God is doing. And in Ezekiel, when he starts talking about the throne or the river that flows from the throne of God, and it comes out and he talks about it being ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep, and then so deep you can't swim in it or you have to swim in it. That's my picture of what this is right here. Of people saying, I don't want to be comfortable enough where I can have my feet touch the ground. I want to be in a place where I have to swim in this thing. So I want to... We may do that here at the end. I feel like we're going to unless something changes. So everything is very spontaneous in the moment, all right? Oh, okay. Has anybody ever had, like, I'm sure you have. I'm going to ask a very dumb question here. One of those weeks where you feel like you're absolutely worthless? Yeah, I've been feeling like that this week, honestly. I'm being honest. I'm not saying that so you can come console me. I'm just saying that as a matter of fact. This is just the way I've been feeling all week. My wife even looking at me going, you, don't, you look off a little bit. You know, that's better than you look ugly, I guess, but that's, but I feel that way. I felt really off. I'm like, something is not matching. And then yesterday I actually found myself saying that I just feel like I'm, I'm worthless and I know that's not true and I can arrest the lie. Okay. So I'm not making a declaration there. It was just one of those weeks. It was like, I can't figure out what's going on and I still don't know what's going on, but I know this God's good and that if we just stick with him, everything will be okay. Right. It will be okay. And I don't have to have everything figured out. Right? Even when I don't feel so good and when, even when I feel like everything around me just isn't working. I even got a call from my life coach this week and he told me I didn't make the team. Just kidding. I mean, come on. I thought that would be a good one, right? Is that terrible? I... All right. All right. Sorry. Sometimes I try. Maybe it was a little overreach. I don't know. Take your Bibles. Let's stop the nonsense. Move to John. <laughs> Let's move to John. All right. Um, this is something that's been percolating in me. I think a couple of weeks ago, weeks ago, I told you I've been feeling this need for some kind of adventure. 
And I find myself looking to find my adventure in places where I probably shouldn't find it. Like I want to buy things. I want to go do things. I want to travel. And those things aren't bad. But I can get overwhelmed and consumed with those things. You hear me? Right? You guys are with me, right? I mean, you do the same thing, right? All of a sudden, Amazon becomes like the portal to, to wonder. <laughs> Ooh, that would be fun. I start looking through Google Maps and looking at different things and go, ooh, that would be fun to go there. Let's go there. Let's go do that. And I have to arrest that. So what I've been doing to arrest it is I come back to the book of Mark, which has happened before because the book of Mark is about action. I don't know if you guys know that. Of all the Gospels, everything is about right now. It's a suddenly kind of book. Everything's, everything happens quickly. So I really can appreciate that. So I started reading some things out of the book of Mark, just running back to it. And I was doing it totally for self-edification. I was not doing it to study. I was not doing it to try to preach something, to prepare. It was just totally for self-edification. And, and it's been working inside. And I didn't mean to go there this morning, but we're going to end up in Mark, but we're going to start in John because something happened this morning when I woke up, when I felt Holy Spirit speaking to me about wine. And then we come in this morning and she's talking about wine. And so I really honestly don't know what's on this. I feel like there's some, some of the heavy revy on it, but at the same time, I, I don't know what it's going to do for you. I feel like there's just something on it. So I'm going to try to unpack this a little bit. Turn to John uh, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now on the third day, there was a wedding feast in the Galilean village of Cana. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples were all invited to the banquet. But with so many guests in attendance, they ran out of wine. And when Mary realized it, she came to him and asked, They have no wine. Can't you do something about it? Jesus replied, my dear one, don't you understand that if I do this, it won't change anything for you, but it will change everything for me. My hour of unveiling my power has not yet come. This has always confused me because I'm like, you would think at that he would have just stopped and nothing would have happened. He says, my, the unveiling of my power has not yet come, but then he goes ahead and unveils it anyway. I'm still trying to figure that one out. Mary then went to the servers and told them, whatever Jesus tells you, make sure that you do it. Now, here's where the the fun stuff begins, all right? It says here, and how many of you guys know that whenever you read stuff in Scripture, there's not any word in Scripture that is there that is just redundant or has no meaning, right? Everything there has meaning to it. So even when we get stories where you get details of the story, even those details matter. They're speaking to something greater. Verse 6. Now, there were six stone water pots. I want you to remember that. Six stone water pots standing nearby. They were meant to be used for the Jewish washing rituals. Each one held about 20 gallons or more. Now, if you can get just context for this. 20 gallons is a lot of water. That's like 140, 150 pounds of water. Okay? It's like your gas tank. Unless you drive an SUV, your gas tank's probably smaller than that. Okay? This is a lot, and there's six of them there. So if you can just get that in your mind for a moment. Jesus came to the servers and told them, fill the pots with water right up to the very brim. Then he said, now fill your pitchers and take them to the master of ceremonies. I want you to remember that too, the master of ceremonies. And when he poured out their pitcher for the master of ceremonies to sample, the water became wine. When he tasted the water that became wine, the master of the ceremonies was impressed Although he didn't know where the wine had come from, but the servers knew. 
He called the bridegroom over and said to him, every host serves his best wine first until everyone has had a cup or two. Then he serves the wine of poor quality. But you, my friend, you've reserved the most exquisite wine until now. Okay. Six pots. Master of ceremonies. Water into wine. Let's hold on to these things. Wine's a picture of Holy Spirit, right? The first thing Jesus does, and I think this speaks to the importance of what he wanted to do as his part of his assignment here on this planet. We know that the primary thing was redemption of humankind, right? But it isn't just that. I think there's more to our redemption than just not going to hell. I think there's a a level of joy, of expression of the spirit that is intended for us to walk in. So here we have this picture. Six pots. Six. Six days you work, seven days you rest. Six is the number of man. The pots were made for a ritual of washing. It's a precursor to baptism. Before you could go into the synagogue, they would take of these pots, pitchers, and they would pour it, and you would wash your hands before you could go in there. It was a ritual precursor to baptism. But it's man's attempt at holiness. Are you with me? Jesus comes on the scene and says, wait a minute, I want to show you something better. The water gets turned into wine, and then it gets taken to the master of ceremonies. He's the guy that's like the head usher, taking care of everything. Now, when I read this, this morning, here's what came to mind, that the master of the ceremonies is the father. Jesus is the bridegroom, right? It says so right here. Why is this important? Wine is connected to marriage. Wine is a picture of Holy Spirit. Wine needs, um, it needs space. It has to be aired out. Anybody, any wine lovers in here? Drinkers? Okay. I don't know if that's a bad thing for somebody. I don't know. We have wine. I don't know. But wine tastes better when it's aired, when it's aerated, right? It, it tastes better when it's had time to sit. How many of you guys know that wine, when, it's, when it ferments, it expands and contracts, right? This is part of it. This picture, Holy Spirit working inside of us, I think is similar to that. Now, why is that important? Go to the book of Mark now. Come on, Jesus, help me. I'm going to begin in verse 18 here. I think that's what I gave you guys. Did I give you that? Mark chapter 2. Sorry, thank you for that. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 18. One time the disciples of John the baptizer and the Pharisees were fasting, so they came to Jesus and asked, Why is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but your disciples are not? Jesus answered, How can the sons, listen to what he says here, the language, how can the sons of the bridal chamber fast when the bridegroom is next to them? You see the same thing happening here. Started at a wedding, now they're asking him, and he's not, this isn't a wedding at this point. They're challenging him based on the fact that the, his disciples aren't fasting. And he puts it back into the context of a wedding. He says, as long as the bridegroom is with them, they won't. But the days of fasting will come when the bridegroom is taken from them. And who would mend worn out clothing with new fabric? 
When the new cloth shrinks, it will rip, making the tear worse than before. Verse 22, and who will pour fresh new wine into old wineskins? Eventually, the wine will ferment and make the wineskin burst, losing everything. The wine will be spilled and the wineskins ruined. Instead, new wine is always poured into new wineskins. So here's what we're seeing. Old wineskins get brittle and hard. They don't have the ability to contract and expand. So if you pour new wine into it and it begins to ferment, it'll bust. So they would take new wineskins that had the flexibility to it, if you would. Now, there's so much stuff in this. Flexibility. We tend to look at this passage, or I had for years, would look at this and go, new and old. We think it's about chronological stuff. It's not. It's about flexibility. Hello? Somehow in the soul, I'm connecting this, that what the bridegroom wants to bring to me through Holy Spirit inside of me has the ability to expand and contract and I can only receive it to the degree that I'm ready to do that. New wineskins, new wine, new wineskins. I looked at it this morning. You would think that's the same word in the Greek, but it's not the same word. They're different words. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I'm not a Greek scholar. I just know people who are, so I read them and it makes me look very smart. But they're two different words. When he says new, you don't take new wine. That word new there is neo. Neos. Anybody ever see the Matrix? What was the, the Savior's name in the Matrix? Neo. I'm not, I don't know, this just hit me this morning. If you've seen the Matrix, you know what this looks like. Neo was the chosen one. He was the prophesied chosen one, right? He was the one that came in and actually saved them from whatever it was. The what? Bondage, yes. Yes, I guess you could say that. The picture is that. I just don't remember who the people were that he saved them from. It was AI or something like that. Artificial intelligence. Neo. That's the word for new. You don't take new wine, the new, which is actually Jesus himself. You don't take new wine and put it into old wineskins. You put it into new wineskins. Now that word for new wineskins is not the same. That's the word kanos. It has in it a recreated aspect to it. You don't put new wine into the old man. You put new wine into the new man. Hello? Are you guys tracking with me this morning? The first miracle Jesus does was he takes new wine himself. He creates this himself. Out of thin air, he creates this, and he puts it into earthen pots. He puts it into man vessels. You see in the picture here. And then it gets poured out in front of the the father, and he says, this is awesome. This is really good stuff. You've saved the best for last. Now, I don't know how you, how you see this, but I'm seeing this like this. We have the first man, Adam, right? And we have the last man, Jesus. They're, they're prototypes. Are you with me? He saved the best for last. This whole new creation, Second Corinthians thing, in him were new creations, he takes us from the old pots and turns us into something actually kinos, recreated, reformed. And then he takes and he pours into that new wine. He pours himself, Neos, the Savior. He pours himself into that. Come on, are you tracking with me this morning? You know what I like about that? 
that no matter what I feel like, no matter what I feel like, the ability to have new wine, to have the spirit of God poured into me has nothing to do with what I do. It has everything to do with what he does. I don't know if I'm communicating this quite as clear as it's in my heart right now, but there's something powerful about that. There's something, there's something beautiful about the first thing Jesus does is he pours new wine into earthen vessels. I mean, it starts with water. He changes it. But water is a picture of that, even as a picture of the old, the old covenant. It was a ritualistic washing, pre-baptism. Wine is also associated with like the blood of Christ, right? Communion. Thank you. I don't know where you are, but that encouraged me. That enough encouraged me right there. I've got something I can hold on to and something I can eat on for a little while with this. But I I felt like in that and bringing that this morning, that there is room. There's room for every, every person in this room. There is room for more. There's room for more. And I, I really do believe this. I, I don't, you hear me say this all the time. He gives the spirit without measure. So if there's any lack, it's not on his part. It's simply our ability to surrender and release in order to receive more. We're finite beings in this meat suit. We're finite beings. And I don't know exactly how this, how this works, but I know in my mind, I'm not capable of comprehending all that he wants to do inside me and through me. In my mind, I believe I block what he wants to do a lot simply by what's going on up here in my head. Hello? Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he refers to the old covenant and he says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard of that which has entered, right? And then he right after that, he says, but God has revealed it to us. In other words, he's revealed it through his spirit and put it inside of us, this whole wine thing. If it's not being accessed in my own life, it's not because he didn't give it to me. It's because I still haven't had my mind renewed enough to access it. Hello? I'm all about worship and saying, more God, more God, I will do that. But sometimes I think we need to turn it And I need to say, less Andrew, less Andrew, less Andrew. Because the more can only come, because I'm a finite being, I can only hold so much. The more can come when I start surrendering and releasing. Hello? If he has revealed it to us, then it's just simply a matter of surrender and letting go. You guys do know, right, that sometimes the thoughts in your head are not your thoughts? You do know that, right? And if you didn't know that, you know that sometimes the thoughts in your head are put there demonically, right? Don't start freaking out thinking you're demonically possessed. You're not. Can a believer be possessed? Only if they want to. So I want to do the river this morning. I didn't tell our team about this. So we're going to need some of you to come up here and hold this. I think we're only going to need, maybe we could do three on each side so we don't overload this. Just 
two, two, two. So we'll six total. Um, yeah, you know who you are, so go ahead and get up here. I want to do this this morning, but again, this there's nothing special about this. I walk on it, stand on it, we, people lay down on it. It's, it's nothing special about that. There's something special about saying, Lord, I'm going to just surrender, and I want to take my mind, my heart, and I want to take everything, and I want to put it into the river and float or swim where my feet aren't touching the ground. You're going to have to hold that over your head, but not just yet. I don't want your arms to get tired. Um, what we're going to do something. The line's going to start right here, and you're going to go under this way, okay? This is if you want to do this. Now, I had two chances to go through something like this. The first time I went through, my heart was incredibly hard. And I was jaded, and I went through a river like this, like, I dare you, God. I knew God was real, but I dare you. And I went through it, and nothing happened to me. A few days later, I went through it again. I got about halfway through it, and I heard Holy Spirit speaking to me. And it was at that moment where I had the choice to resist or I had the choice to give in. I gave in. And when I gave in, everything changed. There's, how many in here want more of God? How many in here sometimes, if we're being honest, we say, I want more of God, but I just feel like I can't access it. Like it's too far away. Like it's just not there. God, I keep saying I want more. I want more. Where is it? Listen, it's not him withholding. I believe as you're going under this thing, Holy Spirit's going to give you a revelation of what's blocking you. And he's going to take that new wine himself and just rush through you. And you're going to get a whole new way of seeing life. Does anybody want that? I'm telling you something here. And I don't mean this to be all, I don't even know whatever. I don't know, I don't know how it works. Bondage can't live in this river. It can't. If you don't want it to. You guys with me this morning, right? So here's what we're going to do. Go ahead and start right down here if you want to do it. Joey, could you give us a little something back there? Um, you can start right here. And I just want you to walk under it. just want you to close your eyes. Nobody's going to touch you. Nobody's going to pray for you. I just want you to walk underneath this thing and let Holy Spirit speak to you. We might not have yeah. time taking chances. circle around and do it again. That's okay. You can double dip. That's all right. Just right now, everything, just like, God, I'll take it, whatever. If there's anything I'm holding on to that I need to let go of. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Don't be too quick. Take your time. 
We might not have forever No time for taking chances It would be you And always you And when the lights go out We'll just keep on dancing in the dark Cause if the world has got to end You might as well just stand up in my
God's so good, isn't he? Yeah. So guys, we're going to go ahead and close here. Feel free to soak for a minute longer if you'd like. Um, in about 10 minutes, so it's 10 after 12 and about 20 after. Connectors, we're going to meet in the room over here. But uh, I just want to bless you all right now in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you for this amazing body, this group that you've brought here today, those that are watching online. And we bless them in your name, Jesus. I bless the good work in their lives and everything that you're doing. I declare your presence all over them, in them and through them. And everywhere they go is a perfect health zone. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.